Toothpick sandwich, toothpick sandwich. Hello, guys. It's me, Fire Guy Ryan. We're back here with the trending 10. We do this every week. You should be used to this by now. We go over the 10 most trending comics every single week. Comes out every weekend. You're here. Thanks for being here, by the way. We're going to go over all of these books, a lot of which you will still be able to find out there in the wild, in your LCS, in your dollar bins. We're going to walk you through it, starting right now. After over 3,000 backers funded a project over $500,000, one of the greatest independent comic companies, Coffin Comics, courtesy of creator Brian Polito, has released one of the hottest Jenny Frizen covers of the year at the list at number 10, Lady Death Cybernetic Desecration number one. Brand new this week, super low print run on this book, but we are seeing $250 average sales and a high auction sale of $305 over on eBay. We may be seeing quite a bit of Jenny Frizen love because there was an announcement last week that CGC is doing a signature series, which is also why we have one other Jenny Frizen book, the 1 in 25 variant for Barnstormers over on the Trending 20, the larger list we sourced these 10 from. If you like this video, you need to be going to Key Collector Comics. Go download that app. Use code TOM101. Help support the show because you'll get access to 20 trending comics every single week instead of just the 10 that we pull from that list of 20 and make into this video. There's a lot of other really good books on there, too. Plus, for example, like we're talking about Jenny Frizen on this number on the list, you can go into Key Collector and do the Jenny Frizen artist category section and get a whole... Big giant list of all the different things she's done. She's done a whole bunch of stuff from Xena Warrior Princess, which Russ really likes. <laughs> and Something is Killing the Children. She's done pretty much any cover you can name at this point. And she's one of my favorite cover artists, and it's very much worth checking out. In order to get this copy, you had to back the Kickstarter at its fullest tier, which was near $1,000. And because there was 90 different backers, that means that there were 90 books of this that now exist. It's a scarce Jenny Frizen cover on a classic book at the list at number nine. Ryan, we're talking a demon Spider-Man with Venom vibes and kind of a Hulk look. We're talking about Wreck Rap. First appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 17 from earlier this year. Specifically, we're talking about the 1 in 25 Ed McGinnis variant, which features Wreck Rap on the cover. And like Tom says, he's a big hulking dude. He looks like Venom, but he's wearing a Spider-Man costume. He's a little bit dumb. He's a little bit silly. He's honestly my favorite part of the Zeb Wells, John Romita Jr. Spider-Man run, which has not been really good like at all, except for a brief window during the Dark Web event, which we talked about a lot earlier this year, which featured a lot of Ben Riley stuff. But Wreck Rap was a really cool minor character introduced during that era who is now going to be reintroduced into the main uh, Spider-Man run sometime soon. An increase of 257% in copies sold for this first appearance, hitting $15 average sales, $60 for a CGC 9.8. When the spec was on high, this book you could get for $120 out of 9.8. It's down by half. There's a lot of spider spec happening, but also... Keep an eye out on this character. He's a lot of fun. He's not like a bizarro version of the character. He's lively. He carries around an anchor as his main weapon. He was introduced in Limbo, and apparently he's here to stay. At the list, at number eight, we have Marvel Fanfare. This is issue number 40, getting the kayfabe effect. We're seeing $3 average sales, and with only four of these books on the census, the last graded sale was $40 and a 9.8. Now, why are we talking about this book? It's because they actually went over page by page on the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. These artists know what they're doing. They are professional. They're in the industry, and they did a deep dive on a classic David Mazzuccelli book. Now, you would know that name from the Batman Year One with Frank Miller and 
teaming up with Frank Miller again, the Daredevil Born Again run where they introduce the character Nuke. Marvel fanfare goes completely and totally ignored. This is one of those things that people assume it's an anthology kind of like Marvel Comics Presents or Marvel Spotlight. This was a high quality book. The paper quality was better. The cover quality was better. And for a book that was released from the mid 80s until the early 90s, only 60 books in the run, the price was almost double what a normal comic book was. But don't dismiss it because there's an incredible amount of deep dive stories that you will not find anywhere else. Recruiting some of the top artists of the time used as an example of what comics could be as far as superhero narratives being told to such a quality extent, Ed Piscor, Jim Rugg are constantly bringing on creators to deep dive into these comics to find out how they were created. They do their research so that when they do their analysis of the books, you get a clear understanding of not just the narrative, not just the style, but also the creative process in its entirety coming from people who work on comics every single day from writing, scripting, as well as drawing. I mentioned it earlier on the list, too, but again, if you go into Key Collector, look up Marvel Fanfare, you're going to get a list of some really interesting other issues from this run that feature a lot of really cool things that you're not going to find in other issues featuring these characters. For example, you got Marvel Fanfare number two, where Peter Parker de-evolves in the Savage Land and becomes Man Spider. Marvel Fanfare number nine has that Kitty Pride pinup with, I believe it's Garfield. It's like a stuffed animal. And then Run to the Hills, issue number 11, has the first appearance of Iron Maiden. Dad, there's like... Spider-Man narratives in this run, Black Widow narratives in this run, Black Panther narratives, and over in Marvel Fanfare 24, you have the first meeting of Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau, and that's the issue that Carol Danvers discovers that the original Captain Marvel died of cancer. When a book like this that nobody was specking on gets thrust into the public's eye, it's because of something. And this is very clearly the kayfabe effect. You have to go check out their video, which caused a 933% increase in copies sold this week. Link in the description to watch that video. Not before we talk about number seven, though. JSA Secret Files and Origins number one. We have a triple key to talk about. Tom's right. This book came out in 1999. And in here we have the first appearance of the second Hawk Girl, Kendra Saunders, as well as the death of the original Sandman, Wesley Dodds. You also have Nuclon becoming Atom Smasher in this issue. So, yes, it is a triple key. $15 average sales, $175 for a CGC 9.8. This book hit near $250 back in 2022. And at best, that was Black Adam spec back then. A 650% increase in copies sold this week because we have news that Isabella Merced will be playing Hawkgirl in the new Superman Legacy. And we have talked about her name before because there are rumors that she will be playing Aranya in the new Madam Web film. If you can't get her first appearance in All-Star Comics number 5, which is a Golden Age book, very pricey, you look at Brave and the Bold 34. Also a pricey book for her first Silver Age appearance. But then you kind of take a step back, and most people know her from cartoons, Justice League Unlimited, maybe the appearances in the Arrowverse. There have been so many different renditions of this character over time that this modern take was kind of the answer DC had to kind of retconning and trying to make it a bit more understandable in regards to continuity. But it still gets muddled. Most people don't know this character's full history. And I think this is a prime example of the spec on James Gunn. That effect is very real on this list as well. Yeah, speaking as a comic nerd, uh, every time I try to look into Hot Girl, Hawk Man, and all of their crazy legacy and history, it's so confusing and convoluted that I just don't even bother. So it, it would be nice to get some sort of condensed, clean, streamlined version of these characters' history because it's a lot. 
You've also got to keep in mind World's Finest, number 274. It's a $4 book, and in that issue, she changes her name from Hot Girl to Hawk Woman. Who knows what sort of hot girl character we're going to get on screen, but that is worth keeping in mind. I'm heading to San Diego Comic-Con next week with Fire Guy Ryan. How hyped are you? We got signings for Crashdown because we we're actually releasing an ash can, which the Crashdown book has moved to October because we got extended an issue. We're talking volume two next year. It's all good news. I'm excited. It's my first time ever going to San Diego, and I'll be going as a creator. So that's very strange. It hasn't really hit me yet. Uh, it's going to be hot. Not looking forward to that part. But, you know, the rest of the con is going to be really cool. It is next week. So, like, it's a week away by the time you're watching this video. So look out for us there if you will be at San Diego. Come say hi. Come get a signature. We're going to be at Hero House all weekend on the San Diego Comic-Con floor all weekend. And we're going to be on Whatnot all weekend. I got a ton of books to release. And I'm going to show you one of them. Boys number one, Starlight Cover by Zoe Lucky. This is one of the most beautiful books that I've ever had the privilege of teaming up with an artist on. It's also an extremely patriotic cover, too, which makes sense. It's coming out in July. Very patriotic, very powerful. I'm excited to get my hands on it and see it in person because it is a very pretty cover. Perfect. Great alliteration, Ryan. At the list at number six, we're adding Plastic Man to the mix. We have the Terrifics number one, the first team appearance. And we're getting more James Gunn news this week that's causing a spike in this book. But this isn't the first time it's happened this year. Let the record show that Tom is engaging in some wishful thinking here with Plastic Man. Manifest it, man. <laughs> we, we don't have any confirmation that he is going to be in James Gunn DC Universe at all, but it's not that far out of the realm of possibility. Uh, this is a pretty new book. It came out in 2018. We've only got 42 slabs in total on the CJC census. Uh, the last sale was $52 for a 9.8 back in May, which is less than $10 shy of its all-time record high of 60 that was set during the comic boom in 2021. Now, this book has been on the list before because of a James Gunn tweet back in March. Well, we have a 540% increase in copies sold because we now have casting information of Mr. Terrific, another one of these Superman legacy castings. To be portrayed by Eddie Gatheggi, and this is not the only casting news that's spiking comics on this list. Stay tuned till number one. And I'm going to take a quick little break because I just got notified about Skybound acquiring Universal Monsters, Dracula, James Tynan IV, and Martin Simmons. Holy hell. Yeah, they've been taking a long break from Department of Truth for a while. Who Prob cares? Probably dude? my favorite comic book being published, and I miss it a lot, but now I see what they've been working on instead, so I guess that's pretty cool. It's pretty okay for me. What a time to be alive, comic fam. At the list in number five, Jennifer Garner, Electra. Yeah, it's been a really interesting week of surprise casting, and here we have at number five, Electra, the official movie adaptation from 2005 based on everyone's favorite superhero movie, Electra, the standalone movie starring Jennifer Garner from 18 years ago, by the way, who was first introduced on screen in Daredevil 20 years ago in 2003. We're seeing $10 average sales for this book and a most recent CGC 9.8 sale back in May of $160. This is a 72-page, one-shot adaptation of that movie, and we're seeing an 833% increase in copies sold since we got the news. She will be appearing in Deadpool 3. Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds are just rocking the boat with everything Deadpool 3. We don't know what to expect, but every single time there's another rumor, the fact that we have confirmation that Jennifer Garner is going to be Electra, this lends a little bit more credence to the potential that we could see Ben Affleck as Daredevil or Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Like, we could really end up having a bunch of crazy stuff happening with this. I know Ryan Reynolds just wants to mess with the industry but are we going to have a more serious movie or is this going to be real jokey and they might go and kill everyone? Don't sleep on this book. You need to know it on the hunt. You may be going, oh, wow, Jennifer Garner, 
on a cover is spiking this week. What is Tom saying? Well, I put this here on the list for a reason. You think of the amazing Spider-Man covers featuring Andrew Garfield. Those ones spiked mostly because of signatures. People want to get Andrew Garfield to sign something, and this is one of the few covers that he's on. This is the same thing for this character. And if Deadpool 3 is memorable, we're going to see a nostalgia cycle on a movie that people didn't know they wanted to see come back full circle. With it being a 72-page book, it's twice as thick as most comic books, and it's got kind of a hard prestige cover, so you could imagine it would be easier to get one in a 9.8, but there's still only 7 graded at a 9.8 and 12 total on the census. This might be a fantastic book to go and find in the $5 to $10 bin and make almost 20 times your money if you get it sold for 200 Just another book to add to your hunt list, just like number four on the list. Marvel Comics presents issue number 95. This is the origin of Wolverine's classic yellow suit. The style, if you would. We're seeing $5 average sales, $65 for a CGC 9.6, and an increase of copies sold of 1,100% after set photos revealed Hugh Jackman in at least the classic yellow suit, even though it's not very comic accurate. Why does he still have sleeves, damn it? I want to see those hairy arms. I got some hairy arms for you right here, buddy. Oh, yeah. We've only got 16 copies of this book graded at a 9.8, and the last one sold last month for $78, which is not that crazy of a price, especially when you consider how key of a moment this is in Wolverine's history. Now, if you look at the yellow suit, we've been waiting forever to see this make an appearance on screen, even back to the original X-Men movie when Wolverine made a joke about yellow spandex. You actually go outside in these things? What would you prefer? Yellow spandex. They have known that they've been holding out on us for this whole time. This right here is an excellent example of minor keys mattering to collectors and fans. Not all comics are hyper expensive. And you don't have to get Hulk 180 or 181 to have a dope collection. Take a look at this. Avengers 66. This is a minor key. Wolverine's not even in it. He wasn't even created at this time. But this is when the first time we saw the word adamantium in comic books. The metal that is coated over Logan's bones. If you're looking for a true first style, you can get a Daredevil 115 or a Thor 229, which both have ads for Hulk 181. And 229 is available in a Mark Jeweler variant, folks. Then you have X-Men 98. That's the first issue where you learn that Wolverine's claws actually come out of his body as opposed to just being a piece of his costume. And then in X-Men 103, we learn that Wolverine's name is actually Logan. I'll bring it back to Marvel Comics Presents issue number 98. This is the Wolverine origin of his name. It means skunk bear. This isn't the first time we've even seen this costume on screen. Don't forget about that deleted scene while we move on to the next comic on the list. We're at number three on the list with Green Lantern number 59 from 1968. This is the first appearance of Guy Gardner. Did you feel a certain way seeing this so high on the list? Because I know you're trying to acquire a lot of Green Lantern books. That is my one comic hunting goal. Yes, get every Green Lantern issue ever. And now this is, well, this was already out of my reach, but now it's pretty much gone. This happens to Russ and I a lot over the last five years where a book that we like or that we want is on the list. And we're like, oh, I guess we're not getting that for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) It happens all the time, yeah. But Guy Gardner. Yes, Guy Gardner. Again, he was casted this week. We got a slew of Superman Legacy casting announcements courtesy of James Gunn. One of which was Nathan Fillion, who you might recognize from Firefly. So cool. Or Slither. He was. Uh, he actually has done a lot with James Gunn already, including Slither and Guardians 1 and 3. Buffy but the Vampire Slayer. That too. Uh, he will be playing Guy Gardner on screen in live action, which is interesting when you consider that he has been the voice actor for Hal Jordan for pretty much every DC animated movie and a lot of Robot Chicken episodes over the last decade. We're getting the bowl cut. That's been confirmed. And really... 
that's one of the most important things about this character being specced on. A 275% increase in copies sold this week proves that ladies love the bowl cut. $665 average sales and a $1,925 high sale for a CGC 9.4. Did you guys have a bowl cut? I had a bowl cut. I was old enough to be able to say no, get that bowl away from my head. My mom gave me a bowl cut too, so I think it's a, it's a generational thing. i got to find a picture. <laughs> We've been doing this video for over five years straight every single week without skipping a beat. Support the show. I'll send you some dope comic books. This month, I teamed up with Ben Templesmith, the artist of our comic book, Crashdown, to do a boys number one, first appearance of the boys, Neil Adams, Action Comics 419 homage. We made trade dresses. We made virgin variants. We have Homelander on the cover and every box is guaranteed one or the other join the community comictom101.com to join link in the description and i have some other fun comics to announce coming soon number two on the list this week a deadpool fan favorite that i think other people are finally catching up on deadpool kills the marvel universe number one we are reporting a 20 dollars average sale and a high cgc 9.8 for 475 dollars but I think there may be a little bit of confusion here. I think some people might be getting really good deals on these single issues. This book has notoriously been a $40 to $50 raw book for issue number one. And the graphic novel that collects all four issues of this miniseries is regularly found in the $15 to $20 range. So I think some people may be, if you're good at hunting, finding a $50 book for a great discount. There are a bunch of these on the census. We're seeing $200. 14 total slabs and 83 at a CGC 9.8 with an entry level less than 30 or 40 dollars you could probably make a whole lot if you got this book graded an increase of copies sold of 389 percent we've already talked about daredevil and electra but there's been so many rumors about other reprisals from the fox movie days i'm talking x-men holly berry sir patrick stewart Professor X. We've also had rumors of Famke Jansen reprising her role as Jean Grey and James Marsden coming back as the original Cyclops, which has me excited. Uh, when you consider all of the original Fox Marvel movies that happened over the last 20 years or so, we've gotten rumors about all of them except for the Fantastic Four movies, which I would be personally pretty excited to see. Can you imagine getting Chris Evans to make a brief appearance as the original Human Torch again? I think that could be really cool to see. That's a clear Fox logo in the sand from the set pictures. Clearly members are buying Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, but the spec is on Deadpool killing the Fox Universe. Shaping up to be a really strange movie. Let's keep our eye on this one. Just like the number one trending book in the world. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button, and we're going to the Silver Age with Brave and the Bold number 57, an anthology series featuring the first appearance of Metamorpho. Great to see another Silver Age book on this list. $500 average sales, $1,780 for a CGC 9.2 this month. We are seeing an 800% increase in copies sold because we have casting information that Anthony Kerrigan will be playing Metamorpho. You may remember him being Victor Zaz in Gotham, and I think he's a fantastic actor and a great choice for this role. I personally loved him as Noho Hank in Barry, which just wrapped up. He actually just got nominated for an Emmy for that role, too, so congrats, Anthony. Uh, this is also the first appearance of Simon Stagg as well as Metamorpho. Both of those characters have been doing really well in the current uh, World's Finest comic being written by Mark Wade, with phenomenal art by Dan Mora. That is a must-have on your pull list. Classic comic book storytelling happening in the modern age. You're going to love it. And Metamorpho is such a classic pick for James Gunn to do. This is an odd character. 
it is a character that was created to try to compete with the Marvel hype of the Fantastic Four. He's got kind of Super Scroll vibes, but he's made out of elements. He's in a constant state of trying to rehabilitate himself. You know, I'm getting the Thing vibes in his narrative in most of the storytelling that's taken place. This is a risky character to be one of the first to be cast, and I'm all in for this. I suspect that DC Comics keys for spec and investment opportunity are going to be the next big wave in comic collecting akin to when Disney Plus aired WandaVision. Keep an eye out on DC keys. We've been telling you for years. I think James Gunn has a lot of success in store. I just hope Superman Legacy isn't too stuffed. I'm getting a little nervous that there's so many new characters being dropped into this movie, like Metamorpho, and we've got the authority that we still haven't cast in here. Lex Luthor and Jimmy Olsen are also on deck. You've got Green Lantern, Hot Girl. All of these people are going to get crammed into this movie. It might get a little too complicated, but I think James Gunn is more than qualified. That's a really good point. Like with Avengers Endgame, everyone had their own starting points, and they kind of brought them all together. Even with Suicide Squad, we know we had some other characters before before they showed up in an ensemble movie, Superman Legacy might be a lot if it's too many cats in one bag. James Gunn takes on the challenge, though. He took Suicide Squad and made it one of the best DC movies after the failure of the first movie. Didn't even call it Suicide Squad 2 and utilize a lot of the same actors and characters. And his first DC show was Peacemaker, a surprise hit led by John Cena. This guy is going to be improving the overall benchmark of what it is to have superhero shows be embraced by the mainstream audience at large. I'm all in on James Gunn. I think the comic fam is too with the like and subscribe and as always. Keep responsibly. Nuff said. <laughs>